Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus mighty name. Can you say aloud, Amen. Amen. Alright, so tonight I want to talk, share a few thoughts with you along the lines of the attitude of gratitude. The attitude of gratitude. On Sunday, we talked about godliness and contentment. Now, it's important to clarify that contentment is not complacency. It's not just saying, I'm fine where I am. And there's no drive. That's not what contentment means. Contentment simply means that on your part or on your journey to the future, you are enjoying the journey. You are rejoicing. Praise God. So, we're looking at the attitude of gratitude. Two incidents came up uh, yesterday. I was in Port Harcourt. Went to buy some things. Actually, went to buy uh, a diary. Some diaries for next year. So I went into the shop and I saw this young lady, sales lady. So I was looking through the diaries, the one I, I felt would be okay for us. The lady wasn't smiling at all. She wasn't smiling at all. And usually, when I interact, especially with salespeople, and I find they are not smiling, I just act like Joseph. So I ask if they are okay. So, so I just told her, I said, you are not happy, are you? You are not smiling at all. And she looked at me with all the seriousness she could add to the already serious face. And she said, what's there to be happy about? So I said, well, so I paid. And I, and, you know, I was thinking about it because obviously she was going through some stuff. Uh, so when I came back this, this, this morning, I went to another shop here on my way to the office, to, to the house, to to buy something again. And uh, the lady wasn't smiling. But this time, I needed to pay cash, so they said uh, they don't, their POS wasn't working, so we needed to go somewhere so I could take cash. So it gave me some time to speak with her on like the first one. So I said, uh, you're, not, you're not happy, you're not smiling. What's, what's happening? And she said, is the stress of the work. The work is too stressful. So I said, w- would it be better if, if you didn't have a job? Probably you'll just be home now, not doing anything. He said, no. I said, is there any job that doesn't have stress? He said, for instance, if you are working in the office, you will not be stressed like this. I said, have you talked to people who work in the office? He said, no, but I see them. So I said, but do you know that 
I'm buying this thing for my family. When I get back home, they are going to be happy. I bought something for them. He said, it's true. I said, so you contribute to that happiness. Because you sell here. I said, imagine I came down and the shop was locked and you're not feeling well. She said, it's true. Before she was done, she was smiling. What happened is just changing how she sees what she's doing. Like the first girl said, what's there to be happy about? Many times, even though we don't voice that, I think sometimes in our hearts, that's the conversation we have. Is there really something to be happy about? Is there something to be grateful for? Some other times, we feel other people's lives contain more happiness than ours. So we just feel, if I had married that man and not this one, I'll be happy. If I'd had that child and not this one, I'll be happy. If I'd had that job and not this one, I'll be happy. And we fail to realize that we contribute to adding value to someone wherever we are. You know, many times when I walk into a restaurant to eat, when I go to the fuel station, when I interact with life, I really like to interact with the people who clean, the waiters, the security people, and all of those people, because very many times in life, those people do not feel they are significant part of life. And so, it's important that we... We have an attitude of gratitude, regardless of where we are, and regardless of what we have. So, on the basis of that, have those two stories in your mind. I don't know if you have the question tonight, if there's anything to be happy about, or you just wish that your life is not your life and it was someone else. I'll just tell you this for free. Everybody has something they're dealing with. And sometimes you don't really want to exchange your life with someone else. Okay? You don't want to exchange your life. Never wish you were someone else. Thank God for who has made you and where you are. Can you say amen? amen. Alright. So the believer is not at the mercy of circumstance. The believer shouldn't be at the mercy of of circumstances. And I just want to appeal to you, if you're a member of this church or you're listening to me and you are employed as a sales girl, try to smile. Um, Try to smile. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. Help your boss gain customers. And I think it's very important. If you know that you're not the smiling type, don't take the job. I think there are too many sad salespeople around. Okay? Even those of us that are giving you the money is not with joy. It's not cheerful giving. So by the time you bring the bill, you know, people are like, wow, this is expensive. So they are not particularly um, excited about spending that money. But it's important that we learn to smile. We learn to be happy. So the believer is not at the mercy of circumstances. Number two, The Bible is full of examples of men and women that despite their circumstances lived a life of gratitude. Despite what they went through, despite what the the challenges they had, they lived a life of gratitude. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2 that one of the signs of the last days is that people are going to be ungrateful. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. You know many times when we talk about the signs of the last days, what comes to our mind? 
Hey, come on, church, talk to me. What comes to your mind? Oh, say signs of the last day. What comes to your mind? Wars, rumors of wars, right? Antichrist, six six six, beasts. Second <laughs> Timothy three one and two. But realize this: that in the last days, difficult times will come. Perilous times. Which is in the New King James? We've got a new person in the media. All right. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. What the kingdom refers to as perilous times. Tough times will come in the last days. For men will be lovers of self. Is this true? I think I need to teach on this next year. On common signs of the last days. Is this true? Do you realize everything they talk to you today is about self? Self Self-care? Love yourself? Hmm? Take care of yourself. How many of you see a lot of self things out there? Yeah, selfie. Snap yourself. Christianity is not a self-focused religion. And many people get offended today because they're looking after themselves. Let me go on. Lovers of money. (laughs) Is the Bible correct? Answer me. Is the Bible correct? Do people love themselves? Do people love money? All right. I know they are not in this church. Boastful. How many of you know the do you know who I am crowd? Are people boastful today? Do people have more titles today than substance? Arrogant. Do we have arrogant people? Revilers? Disobedient to parents? Come on, talk to me. <laughs> What's the next one? Do you see where this list falls right in? What's the next thing after ungrateful? Can you see the category of ingratitude? Ingratitude is char- characterized with unholy people. To be ungrateful. That's the category. It falls into the categories of self-lovers, lovers of money, boastful. You know, if you were to look at this list, let's take out lovers of self. I know some people don't have a problem with that because they'll say, Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. See, they're interpreting that verse again. Say, if you don't love yourself, how will you love your neighbor? That's not what Jesus was talking about. Lovers of money. You say, okay, so let's leave that. It's not, it's not too bad like that. Small love of money. <laughs> But you see, when they talk about somebody is boastful, how do we feel towards those people? That guy boasts too much, right? Hey, come on. Right? Yeah. Arrogant. Um, use the New Living Translation. Let's look at what the word revilers mean quickly. For people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. That's what it means to revile. To scoff at God. To scoff at God. So it's like blasphemy, speaking against God. Go back to the NASB. So when you realize that people speak against God, you're not going to like those people. You're going to feel that these people are, you know. The very next word is that we're going to have ungrateful people. That's how God sees ingratitude. You know, we don't, carry, we don't characterize ingratitude in this category. But look at where it falls in. Look at where it falls in. To be ungrateful. 
It's an attitude. And many people are ungrateful because you're just looking for the next thing to hold on to, the next thing to have. A writer said we are in an, in an age, he calls it a discontented age. And he says it's characterized by three things. Impatience, overspending, grumbling, and unhappiness. Four things, sorry. The discontented age. The characteristics of our age is impatience. We cannot wait. Right? We, we, we must have that money now. We must have that thing now. We must do this now. We cannot wait. It's amazing sometimes that even to the young generation, people cannot wait to get into a relationship. You're in 100 level, first year, 100 level, first semester, first day. You're already going out on a date. When do you plan to marry? After NYC. So you're going to be in relationship 100 level, 200, 300, 400, five years. You, you can't wait. You have to have someone. Oh, you can't wait for this job. You need quick money. It's an age that's characterized by impact. And this is the reason we're ungrateful. Because we, we're not patient with God. God is too slow. He's got to do it now. Overspending. Ingratitude is why we overspend. Why? Because we want to spend money we don't have to impress people, right? So we spend more than we have. We've got to show this person that God is a great God and he shows it by my wristwatch. So we overspend. We grumble. We're grumbling at the weather, grumbling at everything. We grumble. <laughs> oh, we are unhappy. Some of us, we can go through the whole day just being happy. Any little things, we are unhappy. <laughs> Every little thing makes us unhappy. Even when people are happy, we feel, sad. We, we feel bad that they are too happy. So we ask them, why are you laughing? It's like, it's too much. There's no reason. Like the little girl asked me, is there any reason to be happy? This is our age. And the Christian ought to be different. If we have God in us, we ought to be different. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. Having an attitude of gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5 18. In everything. He didn't say for. He said in everything. What should you do? I didn't hear that. In everything do what? Give thanks. For this is God's will for you. In everything, give thanks. It's the will of God is for you to be a grateful person. To, for, for you to be someone that thank, Give thanks. That thanks God. That thank God all the time. You are somebody who's got a lot of thanks given in your heart. Just learn to be grateful. You have to learn it. Just as you learn contentment, you learn gratitude. Do you have the good news translation? It's interesting. Do you have the good news translation? Good news. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is what God wants from you in your life in union with Christ. Be thankful. Have, a grat have gratitude in your heart all the time. This is what God wants. 
So gratitude is a thing of the heart. Listen, I want you to leave this, I want you to leave church this evening with a grateful heart. And you know what? Let it not be a once-off thing. It should be a lifestyle you cultivate. Learn to complain less. Learn to feel discontent less. Learn it. It's spiritual maturity to be able to sustain your joy. For some people, it doesn't take anything to make them sad. It doesn't take anything. Let them just want to step out of the house and the rain falls, the day is bad. Praise God. You know, I had a very funny attitude growing up. It's not a good one, but it's funny. And I think over the years, I've stopped. <laughs> you know, it's like, do you have those people like when someone falls down? <laughs> they laugh first before they say sorry. <laughs> do, you have, do you have friends like that? Yeah, right. Yeah. I was like that. Uh, not that I'm happy that you fell. <laughs> but the fall just makes me... You know, I, I really want... I say sorry, but you know, over time, I think Pastor Mary helped me to overcome that. Because if you fall... <laughs> Something in me will just... It's not me. <laughs> I will laugh first, then I'll say, oh, sorry, sorry. You know, and sometimes when an argument gets tense, I laugh. And, say, hey, and you are laughing. Yes, it's, it's an abundance of joy. <laughs> you know what? I realize that it really upsets, even upsets people more than before, that the laughter... So I have to, but <laughs> we might not experience that moment again where we see you fall. It's just incredible memory. It's once in a lifetime. Okay. <laughs> Don't go and laugh when people fall. They will just. But the truth of the matter is that we can choose to be sad all through our life or we can choose to really enjoy this journey. Things are not as bad as we paint it, we are not doing as bad. As social media makes us feel. Like that girl asked me, what's there to be happy about? A lot of things. You have a job. You have a house. You have people around you that love you. You've got a good local church. If you look around you, you'd find a reason to be grateful. And I'll tell you this, there's nothing in this world that will make you grateful except you choose to. If they give you a bigger car now, when you drive into the filling station, some of you don't have cars right now, right? When you have, a, when you have your car and you drive into the filling station, you spend all those money for fuel, what's going to happen? How many of you think you're going to smile inside the car? Hey, come on, talk to me. Hey, hello? Hey, come on. You're not going to smile. Right? Somebody say, let's have the car first. The truth of the matter is that everything in life has the potential to make you ungrateful, but you can choose gratitude. Tell your neighbor, I choose gratitude. So we're, we're thankful in all circumstances. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. You know, this is just an exaltation, right? And do not get drunk with wine, for that's dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Make melody with your heart to the Lord. Don't allow things there to stop that melody in your heart. That's why you see, 
if you were, if you, if you, if you don't have gratitude in your heart and you play certain kind of songs in your heart, gratitude will begin to come forth. The next verse says, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Always giving thanks. This is an attitude we should have all the time. You can walk into your room right now and feel like complaining or you can say, thank God I have a room. I'm not homeless. It won't, it won't change the fact that it's one room, but it will change something in your heart. We've got to be a people that are full of gratitude. People need to walk around us and see joy on our inside. People need to walk around and see joy on the inside of us. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. An attitude of gratitude. Colossians 3.15 Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Always look at the position it speaks to your heart. To which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful or be grateful. Be thankful. It's a command. Be thankful. Be grateful. That's the attitude God wants you to have. Be grateful. Teach your children to be grateful. Talk to yourself to be grateful. You know, sometimes you don't want to know what people are going through in life or the challenges they have. You know, sometimes we feel that we have the biggest challenge in the world. And God has given us the privilege to pastor people for over the la- more than the last 10 years. And we've seen people that, you know, we're not so happy. You just thought that if they have this job, they're going to be excited and they get the job. And the next month, you're looking at them and they say, what's the issue? Something else had come up. Something else had come up. Something else has come up. Right? If you don't choose an attitude of gratitude, there's nothing you're going to have that will make you grateful. You have a big house, you're going to complain it's so big when you're sweeping it. You have a small house, you want a big house. You have a big house, you want a smaller house. So you're going to complain when the light bills come. You have a large wardrobe, you're going to complain what to wear on Sunday. Especially going into the year that we're about to enter into, I want you to choose gratitude. When you feel complaining rises up in your heart, say, no, I'm not going to be among the list of the ungrateful, the, the self-lovers, the lovers of money. I will not be in that list. I'd rather be in the list of the one who gives thanks to God. Sometimes you won't feel like giving thanks. But you train yourself to do so. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful the good news, there are two traits all Christians should have. Well, it's more than good news, right? The peace that Christ gives is to guide you in the decisions you make. For it's, it's to this peace that you have been called, that, that God has called you together in the one body. And be thankful. Be thankful. What are the dangers of ingratitude? What are the dangers of ingratitude? Number one ingratitude affects how you see things ingratitude affects how you see things like the story I told you about uh, in the beginning about the two sales girls just changing 
the, the little opportunity I had to change the perspective of one brought joy. Just seeing that, hey, you contribute to something bigger. Thank God you have a job. Thank God you have a place. Thank God you get salary at the end of the month. You know, the people who complain that their salaries are too small and some few months ago, what were they praying about? Lord, if you give me any job. Just any job. So ingratitude will affect how you see things. You will not appreciate the goodness of God. You will not even appreciate the people God has placed around you. You will not appreciate the uniqueness of the relationships that God has brought in your way. Ingratitude will affect everything. Ingratitude will affect everything. To affect how you see the world. It would even affect how you see God. You will see God as someone who is delaying answers, who doesn't care about you, who is not meeting your needs. Ingratitude will affect your perspective. Generally, um, I'm a very exciting person to be around. And I'm grateful to God that I have that unique personality. Because I think that's how everybody should be. Just energetic. Just excited about life. (laughs) Just happy. And if you have a personality that is laid back, that like the light off, right? If you're in this room, you like to be in that dark corner where nobody sees you, recoiling to yourself, covering yourself. You have some extra work to do to put gratitude in your heart. You have to be intentional about it. Because you can listen to this message now and say, well, you have a lot of things to be grateful about. This and this. And you can, you can excuse why other people should be grateful and you should be ungrateful. You can give yourself a reason for that. Like the little girl asked me, what is there to be happy about? Number two. Ingratitude will affect your health. Proverbs 17:22. You can use the NLT and the good news. Proverbs 17 verse 22. Uh, the NASB says, "A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps the person's strength." The NLT says, "If there's ingratitude in you, your spirit is broken." Yeah, I like, I like. I like the good news here. Look at the good news. Everybody, let's, can you all see it? Talk to me. Can you all see it? Okay, let's read it together. One to go. Being cheerful keeps you healthy. It is slow death to be gloomy all the time. What kind of death? Slow death. Don't forget this scripture going into next year. I have to print it and put it somewhere. Being cheerful keeps you happy. But when you are gloomy all the time, you are dying slowly. Hmm? Every time, you're gloomy. Every time. You're dying slowly. And you know what? If the enemy knows that you're always gloomy, they will do something to make you gloomy. They just touch your gloomy body. You're always gloomy. The bike man will just say something. Say, ah, is it because I'm entering bike? If I had a car now. Hmm? Somebody will give you a ride. Right? You say something, though, Mr. Pitt, he says, is it because they carried me? You come to church. Right? 
As an usher, we say, oh, you can't do this. Is it because I'm not the pastor? Every time, is it because, is it because, is it because, is it because? One day you're going to say, is it because I'm a human being? <laughs> you're slow, you're dying slowly. Just gloomy. What's so bad about your life that you cannot smile? What's the big deal? With everything God has done for you, would you rather be dead? Being gloomy is slow death. Somebody say, hey, but I'm happy in my heart. heart so it's just that you're not seeing it, you see it in my face. Can your heart send a message to the face? You can't be happy in your heart. And your face is not reading the message. Send a message to your face. You know, some people get irritated by other people's excitement. They just feel, don't, don't laugh. Ah, what is it? Are you not, in this economy, are you not suffering? What everybody expects is all of us will just be doing like, say, hey, what's happening? Are you not seeing the economy? What's that? They just expect, and you know, they like it like that. Don't hang around people who like gloomy situations. See, I'm telling you, you can get, you can receive bad news, but still choose in your heart that you'll be grateful to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They can send a message to you. And say, oh, this happened. And you can say, you know what? Thank God for the times we spent together. Thank God for this. Thank God for that. Child of God, we must develop an attitude of gratitude. Right? So if you're not grateful, you're killing yourself. You're dying slowly. It's not obvious. Amplified version. Proverbs 17, 22. A happy heart is good medicine. And a cheerful mind works healing. That's what I like about the Amplified. A cheerful mind does work. Works healing. In fact, I've got a book by a neurosurgeon in the US. I was in a meeting. What's, what's his name now? I remember his name. He attends Bishop Kid Butler's church. He's a neurosurgeon. He talked about in fact, he said one of the things he does in the morning is to have what you call a deep belly laugh. That it's been scientifically proven that a deep belly laugh causes healing. Alright? Uh, I'm not sure when last we had a deep belly laugh because things have been so bad in the last... You know what a deep belly laugh is? Do you have an idea what it is? Have you ever laughed to the extent that your tummy was spinning you? Have you? Some of you can't remember. Say he was in primary two. <laughs> Since then, life have dealt with you. Your laughter does not pass your teeth. <laughs> but this is it. A shelful mind works healing. Just as ingratitude will dry up your bones, cheerfulness will do what? Will bring healing to you. This sickness, no medicine can cure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? People who are sad always look older than their age. Even some people you are calling fathers and big brothers, you don't want to see their birth certificates. Ingratitude has increased their years. And they also feel that way. So to everybody, they will say, are you my mates? They, are, they actually think they are older than everybody. Because the weights of ingratitude has made them look old. In their spirit, they feel like the ancient of days, close to him. 
that after the ancient of days they are next in line then followed by everybody in the world what do you gain by not being happy what do you gain by being sad and you have people like that just switch off their phone and, and interestingly the suicide rates all over the world has gone up the young people are committing suicide young people are having high blood pressure what are they thinking about how to make it they want to make it these guys have a job it might not be an excellently well paying job but they can take care of themselves they can look after themselves but no they want more so families are torn apart because everybody's looking for a better way families that could be comfortable staying together but no, the wife has extra income this one has to do extra income the children are doing extra, even the dog in the house goes to work in the morning, comes back late at night everybody relationships strained because of ingratitude would it make a world of difference if we choose to be people who are grateful it would make a world of difference healing will come on our bones our engagements will be richer. Our interaction with one another will be richer. Praise the name of the Lord. Your countenance. Ingratitude will affect your countenance. You will look as beautiful as God created you. The Lord said in Psalm 95 verse 2, Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. When we come into his presence, it should be with thanksgiving. We shouldn't come into his presence gloomy. Don't come into the presence of God gloomy. <laughs> I remember one time, I was in the service and a, uh, a guy was leading prayers. <laughs> I, I almost laughed. <laughs> but I didn't laugh. He said, let us pray. As our faces are different, so is our problems different. I'm like, oh, I didn't look at my problem before I came. What kind of prayer is that? It looks nice, but actually, it is not our problems that should drive us to the presence of God. We come to worship our Creator. Yeah. That's why sometimes when they are singing here, you are not dancing. Well, they don't do it in this church. But if anybody does it, just know that it's the first time it's coming here. And you will not repeat it. Why are you not thanking God? Some people are in the mortuary. We are in the sanctuary. No, 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 we, we don't need those reminders. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We, we don't need those reminders. <laughs> we don't need to know some people are in the sanctuary. We are in the mortuary. We don't, need, we don't need all that. We come into his presence with thanksgiving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's why sometimes when we try to make people praise God, you understand that it's not from their hearts. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't appreciate that. People should worship God from their hearts. You know, and then you go to some, some places and they are going to threaten you until you praise God. If you don't dance to the king of kings now, what about if you are going home and a trailer hits you and then you just see people start dancing? Is, <laughs> are you worshipping the king of kings sitting down? Is this because you are not crippled? How many people are... Do, we don't need all that. It's carnal. So if a trailer was not going to hit you, 
it's, it's a carnal way. Christians ought not to be motivated that way. How do we come into his presence? Come on, how does the Lord say we should come into his presence? With thanksgiving. What should we come to? With shout, a joyful shout to him. With what? With psalms. Don't be threatened to be grateful. You don't need it. You see, let me tell you something. Everything you do for God should come from your heart. You see, I can make you do anything now. I can teach a message now that will make you roll on the floor and thank God. You know what? At the end of the day, when you go back and ask yourself, why was I rolling out on the floor? You will not be able to answer. The scripture says in the book of Psalms, sing praises with understanding. If you really understand God and you sing some songs, you would, it would reflect in your attitude. So it affects your countenance. It also affects your confession. If you are ungrateful, your confession will be affected. Mark eleven twenty three says you, you should have what you say. Look at First Corinthians ten ten, the amplified version. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> the children of Israel. First Corinthians ten ten, amplified version. Amplified version. The children of Israel. Alright? It says, Not discontently complain as some of them did, and were put out of the way entirely by the destroyer. The Amplified Classic says unwarranted discontent. It was unwarranted. The children of Israel complained. They first of all said, Oh God, come and deliver us. Moses delivered them. They were in the wilderness. Then now said, Did you bring us here to kill us in the wilderness? They began to grumble. They, there was no time the children of Israel did not complain. In fact... They complained to the point where God says meat will come out of your nursery. They said they want to eat meat. It's meat they want to eat now. God says this meat. You will eat it until it comes out of your nursery. There was nothing God did not do for the children. You see, if God could not please the children of Israel, don't try to please anyone. You cannot. God could not please the children of Israel. Forget it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Can buy a wristwatch for your wife now. Very nice wristwatch. When she's putting it on, the thing will cut. You say, I told you, these people, they are not, and it's trouble. Thank God that you have something that cuts. <laughs> you buy something for your, for your husband. And it's the same thing. At this stage of my life, I've just realized you do your best for people. They can choose to be sad or to be glad. But you can't control that. You realize if I come on, I'm, this is an example. Realize if I come down and say, well, I'm going to give money to everybody in church. And I hand money over to everybody. You know, and the next Sunday I don't hand money over. What's going to happen? Tell me, what will you do? I'm going to complain. You know, when I was buying something at the, at the roundabout, this, one of these youths came to me. He said, ah, papa, papa, papa. I, so I said, who is your papa? He said, ah, man of God. So he was telling me, he said, ah, your message. I said, listen, it's money you want. You don't need to, don't lie, don't hide me, don't try. When I'm done, I'll give you whatever I want to give to you. Because you know what? All of that is not praises from the heart. 
You know, that's how sometimes we do to God. When people are believing for something, you can see the energy in prayers, the energy, and immediately that thing does not come. They are almost like, you see that prayer I gave you last year? <laughs> can I have it? That's why some people, you know, that's why some people say, Christianity does not work. You know why? They didn't come in because they really loved God. Can I ask you a simple question? If God does not answer any single prayer you pray again for the rest of your life, would you still serve him? Or you just walk through these doors because you want to use God? Let's be honest. I mean, let's ask ourselves a question. Do you really like God for who God is? Or, come on, this thing is just about, this is the quickest way to get something. Grumbling. What did God not do for the children of Israel? You guys walked through the Red Sea. Pillar of cloud by day. Pillar of fire by night. For 40 years, you didn't have to buy clothes. Your clothes grew with you. None was feeble. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For 40 years, you ate angels' food. Ate manna. You didn't have to cook food. God brought water from the rock. God rebuked kings for your sake. What else? And these guys complained until God wanted to kill them. Before God will get angry and say, you know what, I will kill all of you. <laughs> I will, see, I will, you poor tribe, I will kill all of you. Moses had to intercede and says, God, don't do it. God responded to Moses. The people killed Moses. Oh, it's the people that killed Moses. At a point, they said, ah, water, it's water we want. So God said, speak to the rock. Moses was so upset with the people, he struck the rock. Moses died because of the people's disobedience. That's why sometimes, if you are dealing with ungrateful people, it's their ingratitude that will kill you. You must, re- you must know where to say, you know what, since nothing in this world can please you, be there, I'm here, and create a gulf between you and them. You can't carry people's ingratitude to bed all the time, thinking of how to please. There are fathers that cannot be pleased by their children. There are mothers that cannot be pleased by their children. You know what? A time comes in your life, you look at them and you say, well, I don't know what's going to please you, but this is what I'm going to do, and I'm done for the rest of my life. Because you know what? You will die before them. And funny enough, those people live long. And sometimes, why those people live long is... Satan ensures they don't die so they can kill more people. They are just ungrateful. Anybody in your life you cannot please, you have to draw the mark. If not, you go to bed every night thinking, how can I please this person? Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Do your best, be grateful to God, and thank God for your life. Three ways to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. <laughs> Praise God. Are you still here? Come on, I said, are you still here? Are you grateful you are hearing this message? And respond with an attitude of gratitude. Practice it. <laughs> Praise God. Alright, so let's, let's, let's look at three ways to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Number one, look at where you're coming from. Look at where you are coming from. In 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 8, the, 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 you, know, I, I, you know, and what I said before, and I, and I mean every word of it, because we have developed a society that, is, that cannot be satisfied. 
Are you following this now? You, you cannot be satisfied. You do this and you want more. You do this and you want more. You do this and you want more. And you know the funny thing? From there it moves to a sense of entitlement. It's almost like it's alright. <laughs> Nothing will help your life like developing an attitude of gratitude. Just being grateful. You are in a place like this. You know rain falls here. That's why we are in this kind of condition. You will still complain about the rain. For some of you, what will just make you happy next year is to buy a raincoat, a big one. So that anytime the rain falls, you just come inside your raincoat, get on the bike, and move on with life. How can you be walking on this island for years? You don't have an umbrella, you don't have a raincoat. I mean, how are you thinking? And every time the rain falls, you be, and every time the rain falls, you are thinking, if I had my car, if I had my oh God, you can't afford the car now. You can afford the raincoat. Can we keep things easier and just move on with life? You know, sometimes we make life complex when it's simple. You don't need all those pressure on yourself. Praise God. Are you still here? You know, I was coming on the boat, and if you've been on the boat for a couple of I don't know how far long, but since I started traveling, the boat has been two hours, two hours, two hours. So I just planned what I'm going to do in two hours. Then I read a book or something. You know, but I felt sorry for this dear woman the last time I traveled. Not this one, the last time for this one. She was, she was, maybe she had something to do, but you know, the boat was, that, I think that was delayed. We spent over two hours. She was, hmm. <laughs> I will look at her. I almost wanted to laugh, but I did not. <laughs> so I contacted my G's partner, Pastor Mary. I just said, ah, Look at what I'm going through here. One pound of his, is it pound now? Is there a way to measure that? I don't know. Or one stretch of his will not power the engine faster. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you just relax. There are things you should know that, you know what, this is not in my control. Instead of hurting yourself and depressing yourself, maybe if you want to pray, you can pray for it to go faster. But if you keep doing that, you know what's going to happen? Anger will build up in your heart. By the time you come down, you are insulting people carrying the bag, you are insulting the driver. You are insulting your children. The whole of the day. They, when you are dreaming at night, you will be beating the captain. I want you to simplify your life. Life is not as complex as we, as we make it. With patience on our side, with God on our side, there's no dream ahead of us that is unachievable. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Alright. So, look at where you're coming from. Second Samuel 7, 8. So now, say this to my servant David. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. Look at where I took you from. I took you from leading over ships. I took you from leading animals to become a king. Look at where you are coming from. So when David was, um, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 21, when David was dancing, you know, dancing before the Lord, Michael said, look at how you dance foolishly. Right? Um, go to verse 20. <laughs> and this story always makes me laugh. Then David returned to bless his household. He came to bless his wife. Right? 
He says, and his wife, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who stripped himself of his kingly robes, uncovered himself in the eyes of his servant, his servant's maid, as one of the worthless fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. See how he addressed the husband. You know, she was a prince, princess. Yeah, Saul's daughter. The man was coming to bless his household. And let me tell you, this was the only woman recorded in scriptures that was barren. The, 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 David came as a king to bless his household. See, and look at how David responded. Verse 21. David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his house to appoint me as a prince over Israel, the people of the Lord. Therefore, I will make Mary in pure enjoyment before the Lord. He didn't know that I was talking to a village boy. Who cared less? I mean, do you know where David was coming from? From looking over animals to becoming king. And you said the man should not dance. See, some of us are too dignified because we forget where God is bringing us from. Maybe you should stay, put it, put it, go back to the new American standard. Maybe you should stay in one chalk like that. Your parents had nothing. You struggled through school and God gave you a good job. Now, you can't even serve God with gratitude. Some of us forget too quickly where God is raising us from. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We forget what? too quickly. That's why God says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wet. If you read the, the prophet, you see God always reminding the children of Israel when they were in Egypt. It's not that God wants to remind them of their past because God has not forgiven them. God was telling them that so they will remember where they came from. Some of us are too quick to forget. Every little increase we have, we just forget where we are coming from. And if you forget where you're coming from, you will never be grateful. I always say this, that honor always remembers. Dishonor forgets. Know where you're coming from. Remember where God took you from. Remember the blessing God gave you. Some of the things you are complaining about today, many years ago, you couldn't dream of. Even eating those things. Praise God. You know, um, when we're getting ready to come to service, you know, Pastor Mario said, sorry about my kids, they were watching something and everything, and, you know, so, you know, so I was just laughing, I was, I was laughing, and she, she said, why are you laughing? So I said, when I look at my kids, and I look at where, you know, God is bringing us from, where they are now, I can't even explain some things to them, because they don't, they don't seem to understand it. So I've just left them to <laughs> enjoy their life. But, I was just looking at it like, whatever these guys are enjoying now, <laughs> if it was in my own day, it would be a lifetime goal. You write it, lifetime goal, and put it there. But see, you must always remember those times. It helps to keep your heart, what? Focused and grateful. Some of you are trusting God to get a job before the end of this year. Now you got something. You are saying that something is not enough. And you had nothing at the beginning of the year. Remember where God is taking you from. Remember where God is raising you from. Some of you have moved from bachelor houses to block houses. It's, it's a block house. It's one room. Maybe it's good to always snap pictures 
of past and see yourself batter loading, batter out one room loading you see God who took you from there will take you to your own house but you have to enjoy the journey to your house be patient are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, I met the landlady of the of our um, of Podakot church stuff, and I, I went to meet her. And so she told me something. She said, because of the way you people have taken care of this place, and you took it as your own, the la- the landlady increased everybody's rent by hundred thousand, but in the, but she didn't touch the one for the church. Now, you, you can attribute that to the favor of God, but it's not just the favor of God. It's our heart. When you, wherever you're staying, be grateful for that place. Don't think that I'm not the landlord. No. Be grateful for where you are. Look after it like it's your own. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, look at where you're coming from. People get, can be so focused on the future that they forget the faithfulness of God in the past. God always reminded the children of Israel how he took them from Egypt. And you know what God told the children of Israel? He says, tell your children this story. Don't let them forget the story. Sometimes tell your children where God is bringing you from. Tell your children that. You are not trying to make no. I mean, their life is blessed. God has blessed you. But remind them. Remind them. This is where we're coming from. This is where God brought us from. Praise God. Are you still here? How many of you are grateful for where God brought you from? Yeah, God is a good God. He's done a mighty lot. Some of you can now buy your own clothes. You remember for years, your parents didn't buy clothes for you. It was always something someone had used. You could literally wear your shirt to somewhere and somebody would say, Especially if it was a child's shirt. And you know, children, they don't forget their shirt. Say, mommy, is that not? <laughs> Shut up. Okay. All right. Okay. But now you can buy your own clothes. Right? I remember, I remember growing up, my mom had gone to learn tailoring just to make ends meet. She didn't learn properly. She didn't, she didn't follow all the rules. So she sold one shirt for myself. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. She sold one shirt for me and my brother, Precious. Uh, my brother was young, so he didn't feel it. I, I didn't know how to go to church that day. I knew my friends would laugh at me. She was using us to practice. You know, you could, st- you could stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself. Am I a woman or... They can't, you know, you can't say this is what is raining. You can't... And, you know, my, my mother is not, is not somebody you negotiate with. You can't change that. In fact, if you make any attempt to change that dress, you can wear it for the whole month. She would say, why, why are you... Am I stupid? You know, so it's easier to just... You know, but I'm grateful to God now that I can wear things that make me look like a man. I mean, she tried her best. That's the best she can give. But <laughs> that's where God is bringing us from. You know, sometimes when God has blessed us, we act like we never had a tough age. We just feel like, you know what? I don't eat this. I don't eat that. You know, I'm not really comfortable with that. I'm allergic to this. <laughs> you are allergic. 
when did you learn that English? <laughs> you know, there were days in our house where my mom would come and say, I know this soup is bad. He said, but we will warm it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you could taste, you could know that. You see, it's not like it is bad, let's throw it away. They will warm it and warm it and warm it and add pepper and add salt. And You see, by the time you eat the food, you will know that this is not in a class of food you can... You, you just know it's soup. I mean, we, we grew up in those. Right? I remember there were days sometime I said, my... My younger brother is probably during the uh, Ibrahim, the Musiba Bangida era where things were tough for teachers. You know, sometimes my parents would go to the farm to sell wood. We have to hawk things. We have to hawk pap in the community. You know, I'll be so ashamed. I was in secondary school then. So I'll put the pap on my brother's head. I'll be... <laughs> <laughs> I, I know why God called me. <laughs> God had to call me. You know, I'll be walking the streets. So immediately they call him, I'll just quickly sell by, and I'll tell him be going, and he will just, you know, but you have to remember those times. You have to. You can't just be blessed now and feel like you never had that. No. You must be like David. So when it's time to praise God, you remember where God is taking you from. Right? I remember particular time. Last remembrance before we move on. <laughs> I remember a particular time, <laughs> you know, um, went home, they had eaten all the food, so they left the, the pot and soup around it. Yeah? And there was ever made. So my mother would say, you hold the pot, when you finish everything, you wash it. You have to look for soup. You have to ensure that, we, you know, myself and my brother, we used to say one touch. You can't go two times because... When you look at the size of the gari and the quantity of the soup, that's why I developed critical thinking early in life. You have to find a way around these things. You know, sometimes people look at me and say, hey, you are smart for your age. You are smart for your age. It's not just the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's also lessons from circumstance. You have to learn how to ensure that the eba and the soup does not finish. They have to finish at the same time if you want to make it. But when God has blessed you, and brought you this way, there can be no reason to complain. No, I, I don't look at my life now and feel I don't have that. I don't, you know what? If God does nothing again for the rest of my life, He's a good God. And that's what I was trying to say today when I was looking at my kids. They, they would hear these things and just laugh, but they, they don't have an idea how it works. You see, that's the goodness of God. The Christian must never attribute his increase to his hands. You must always learn to give the glory to God. Say amen. amen. Okay, so look at, at the things God has done for you, right? So we look at where we're coming from. We look at the things God has done for us. The tangible and the intangible things. What are the tangible things? The prosperity God has given to us. The cars we have. The job we have. The money we have. The... Um, houses we have. Those are tangible things. But what about the intangible things? The fact that we have peace. The fact that we have joy. The fact that we are redeemed. The fact that we're born again. These are things we should be grateful for. Praise God. So we look at the things God has done for us. Psalm 107 verse 1 to 3. 
He says, with the Sam, the members of the community called one another to give thanks to God for his steadfast love. Okay? Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. We can thank God for his goodness. We can thank God for his loving kindness. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. These are intangible things. Redemption from the adversary. Verse 3. And gathered from the lands, from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. Thank God for intangible things. We're redeemed from the hands of the wicked one. We're saved from the enemy. These are intangible things. See, we don't just only thank God for tangible things, we thank him for what? Intangible things. Things that money cannot buy. Let's look at something David said in uh, Psalm 3 verse 5. David said, Psalm 3 verse 5, I lay down, I slept, I awoke, for the Lord sustains me. Can you see how David just thanked God for sleeping and waking up? Praise God. Do you think something like sleeping and waking up can be a reason for us to thank God? Charles Spurgeon said, when your feet hit the floor in the morning, the first thing you should say is, thank you, Lord. I lay down. I slept. I woke. For the Lord sustains me. Can you see, David did not attribute his sleeping and waking up to anything but the Lord. He didn't say, I lay down and slept and I woke because I bought a very good phone. He didn't say, I slept, you know, I lay down, I slept, and I woke because I own the AC. He said, no, the Lord sustains me. Because there are people who die in their sleep. Can you see simple things like this? You know, sometimes you don't know what God has done for you until you hear what someone else is struggling with. I remember one time, my dad was telling us of this, of this man who, you know, had this condition. He couldn't really digest food until he took some drugs before eating and took some drugs after. And he must not eat after 8 8 p.m. So he had to eat. He had to eat before 8 p.m. And he would take certain drugs to help his digestion. And he would take uh, some drugs after. But there are guys that, oh boy, 1 a.m., they are eating. 2 a.m., they are eating. 3 a.m., they can make a bar, eat, go and sleep, and still wake up with normal people at 6 so sometimes you don't know how those things are. Just amazing that everything you've got is working. You don't need to see someone suffering from a particular condition to be grateful for how you are. You don't need to. See some of the ingratitude we have. If God will just open our eyes to things he has preserved us from that we have no idea of, you'll be amazed. You know, sometimes it looks like, yeah, because we prayed this didn't happen. It's because you knew that was supposed to happen. What about the things you did not know that God took care of? Or do you think you have an idea of everything that was supposed to happen in your life? Praise God. Are you still here? You know, my dad, my dad had an accident. I was in that accident. We're going to Quara State along the Badon Expressway. We had a very terrible accident. I came out of the car, flew out of the car somewhere. My dad 
came out of the car. It was so terrible, it was reported in the newspaper at that particular period. My dad broke two of his legs. And we still have the crushes in our house still today. My dad broke two of his legs. And I was just thinking, if I had died in that accident, or something had happened to me, I had broken my leg, or something, something, I don't even know how I came out, but it just came out like that. And the Lord miraculously healed him. And he no longer uses those crushes. Probably our own life would have been different in another direction if he couldn't teach again. You see, I'm just trying to say that there are many things that could have happened in your life that did not happen because God stood for you. And you're not even aware. Praise God. The next thing is look at the promises of God. Look at the promises of God. Jeremiah 29 says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, or the plans I have for you, plans of good and not of evil, that you might have an expected end. Right? So there are things God preserved us from. What is the future? The plans of God for you. I know the plans I have for you, so you have a future. So three ways to maintain gratitude. Number one, you look at where you're coming from. Number two, look at the things God has done for you. The tangible things are the intangible things. You know, sometimes it's amazing. You, I, I, I make this example and it's very, very funny. You know, we're, we're five kids in our house. Two boys and three girls. All four of them can sing, except me. All four of them can sing. All four can sing, except me. Don't know what happened, but... Everybody else in my house can sing. And being the eldest, they got five to six years between me and my brother, when my dad started the church, <laughs> I did everything. I learned keyboard, I learned bass guitar, I learned to play the drums. I mean, it was almost like wasted investment because I was learning this one, I said, no, I think it's this one. I think it's this one. The music was not just in me, it's not just inside. Was in the choir several years, and then they said, Oh, every time I sing, I'm going off key. I'm I told them, We can all have peace in this church. You can do your song, I'm not doing it. You know, but for my sisters and my brother that sings, it's just natural to them. My brother learned playing the keyboard, really didn't learn from anybody, just had music in him. You know, for someone like that, he might not, well, I'm just saying. Because he edits my messages, so. <laughs> but for someone like that, he might not be grateful for that gift because it's just natural. Are you following what I'm saying? It's just like when I teach God's word. Am I standing here just teaching and are you like, ah, you can teach? And I'm like, ah, there's nothing there. You see, what I'm trying to say is that there are natural things God has given to you, you need to intentionally thank God for. Those of you that can sing, when you finish singing, thank God for the ability to sing. Are you following what I'm saying? Thank God for those natural abilities he gave to you that you were just born with. There are some of you who can just cook. <laughs> there are some people, they can watch on YouTube. By the time they are done, they are asking themselves, <laughs> what did you people say we should do? <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. There are some people that can do some things naturally. 
See, those things don't take them for granted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They are what you call the intangible blessings of God. There are people who are just good with maths. Ask them two times this. But there are some of you, oh, even with calculator, you miss it. Say 20 times, says 42. Say no, 20, 20. Uh-huh. With calculator, you still miss it. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? See, I'm just saying this because I don't want us to take anything for granted going into next year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't take anything for granted. Personally, in my life, I'm making a very deep committed choice to live a grateful life. As the Lord began to show me this, I began to say, you know what? We have to be intentional about it. If not, as you are going home now, you're going to see something that will make you not to be grateful. But you know what? That's when to remember this message and say, thank God. I'm grateful. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, let's read last scripture. Two more scriptures. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 5 to 6. Hebrews 3, 5 to 6. Am I right? Hebrews 13, sorry. Hebrews chapter 13. Make sure that your character is free. Can you read the amplified version, please? Hebrews chapter 13. So we take, all right. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstance and with what you have. Be satisfied with what you have. For he, God himself, hath said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, or relax my grip on, on you. This is a scripture you should go study again. Don't let earthly possessions make you ungrateful. Because God had promised you that I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Let your character be free from the love of money. See, it's a long life you have. Enjoy every day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Imagine the pressure on yourself now. You are 30. Imagine putting such pressure on yourself till you are 80. You have a long life to live. Don't live like somebody who is dying soon. Pace your journey. Enjoy the process. Praise the name of the Lord. Philippians 4, 6-7 It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your request be known, made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. Last scripture, Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Verse 42, 41. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 5, verse 42, 41. They took his advice. This was after Gamaliel came. And after calling the apostles in, they flogged them (laughs) and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and they released them. So they went on their way from the presence of the council rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. Can you imagine? They called the apostles and flogged them. The apostles that walked with Jesus. You saw this... Pharisees and Sadducees, they don't have respect for the anointing. Call these matured men. Let's get ready to sing something. You know, call these matured men and flogged them. How did they leave their presence? 
rejoicing. Praise God. How many of you think that if they call you now to the king's palace and flog you for coming to Bible study, you will live rejoicing? Eh? So he tells you that it's not the circumstance that made them to rejoice. It's what? It's what is in your heart. Can I tell you something? If anything outside of you is controlling what is in your heart, it's not the fault of that thing. You're the one that chose that. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.